You're back here on Mining Stock Daily. Trevor Hall here, your host. Happy to get some more market commentary in. Uh, general general mood here in the market on a day of strong reversal in the bonds. Uh, but we're going to stick with the junior expiration market with our friend, the one, the only, Mr. David Erfley, junior miner junkie. Hey, David. Welcome back. Hey, Trevor. How you doing? Thanks for having me on again. I'm, Always great to talk to you. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry it's been so long. I, I've kind of missed you. Oh, well, you know where I am. You know where to find me. <laughs> Wonder, beautiful California. I bet it's warmer in California today than it is in Colorado. We had a cold wave come in and snap our heat heat streak. I don't know. Kind of chilly. It's about 69. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like 40 here. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the front range. Well, it's, it's funny. We had, a, we had a heat wave here. It was like 95 degrees last week, and, and almost overnight it went down to the high 60s. So. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, let, let's talk about something where there's not a heat wave, and that's the junior mining market. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are there are a couple plays in there that are bucking the trend. Yes, there, uh, are, but some, really, there are some bifurcation uh, stocks going on here, yes. Yeah, but in generally, uh, David, let's talk about this disconnect between the, not only the price of gold in the major gold producers, the big boys, the Newmonts, the Barracks, whatnot, but those things are running up to big levels, sometimes close to all-time highs, if not more so. But the junior explorers, uh, opposite, all-time lows, 52-week lows, just completely suppressed. You know, what do you, how do you make of all this? What do you do? You know, writing a newsletter and trying to talk your talk to your people into, you know, this is a good place to be. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's been um rough seas to navigate. That's for sure. But uh, you know, cuz like you said, um the the explorers, the the early stage companies that have yet to define a resource, where you know, these um uh, the market is continues to use even good assay result press releases as liquidity events to sell the stock. Um, you know, I continue to see some really good progress being made on a lot of these companies, but um, you know, especially if, if they need money, you know, the 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 move up is is used as a liquidity event to sell the stock, and they'll just they'll they'll take whatever profit they have if 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 they did get in lower and wait for the finance to get back in with a warrant. So uh, that mentality remains in the early stage juniors, you know, where I've put my focus uh, basically since the, since um, October of last year, you know, the, 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 both the GDX and the GDXJ have, have built these solid six month bases um, in, in their, in their, in their uh, charts. And um, what I've, where I've been focusing my attention is companies that are de-risking multi-million ounce deposit projects that are later stage. They're in, they're in good jurisdictions. You know, they did all the right things. They raised money at the right time. And, but a lot of those companies are lagging still as well. Because, and the big reason is because back when um, the gold price was consolidating, between about 1750 and 1850 for almost a year, inflation was raging and costs were going up all over the place. So all of a sudden, all these projects that uh, that were that, that used a base case, usually they, they've been the average base case gold price has been about 15, 
about fourteen to sixteen hundred dollars. All of a sudden, the eighteen hundred dollar gold price isn't as economic as two as two thousand. Two thousand looks a lot more economic, and unfortunately, two the two thousand dollar gold has been a ceiling in the gold price for over a decade. So mm -hmm. I think until that two thousand dollar gold price becomes a floor, the market begins to price in that as a floor, I think that they're going to continue to lag here because we saw these inflation statistics come out this week and they continue to climb. You know, the, the word transitory is way in the rear view mirror now. And, and you know, um, the government and, and some analysts that were, that were expecting inflation to peak, the PPI number that came out today begs to differ at over 11%. So, um, uh, so that just means that costs are going to continue to rise for these companies to build their projects. Um, so the gold price needs to rise faster. And I think that will take place once the, once we see a monthly close above 2100, because if you take a look at the, at the long-term chart of the gold price, it's got that beautiful cup and handle on it. And um, that's been that's been building for the for, for the past uh, decade or so, and the handle will be complete once we have a monthly close above twenty one hundred, and then the 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 the, uh, the measured target after a cup and handle breakout is about three thousand dollars. So a lot to take in there, and you and I kind of were discussing shop here offline, and we did talk a lot about the late stage developers and those costs inflation pressures on them and we've and we've seen the market hit some of these plays in fact the long joke here for the last few months is if you want to make a hit to your share price put out a technical report anymore and come out clean with what it's going to cost to get these projects up and going unfortunately um you know it's interesting to see i think this is the first time we've had a conversation about maybe a technical level on the gold price you would like to see that maybe would alleviate some of those concerns for the late stage developers but listen david inflation we're less than a year into this inflationary cycle the last big inflationary cycle we had back in that heightened in the late 70s was almost a 10 to 15 year process so i, I mean is is patience going to be the name of the game here, and just hoping that the price of the of the metal just raises, you know, lifts all boats? Well, you also got to consider that uh, uh, these all these companies' share prices that are that are going higher, the miners, you know, Newmont's made an all time high here. Um, they're going to need to replace their ounces, and um, the M and A uh, space has yet to really heat up. And, you know, this space really needs to consolidate. A lot of these juniors need to consolidate. You know, we said this for, for a long time now that consolidation needs to happen in this space. And I think it will. Um, but, uh, you know, that, uh, they're, they're going to need to replace those ounces and they're going to have to do it on Bay Street because, um, you know, their, their exploration programs aren't as, aren't as robust as they once were. You know, they spent all that time getting their balance sheets in order, which they've done a great job in doing. You know, the, the uh, miners' balance sheets have, haven't looked this, this robust in my lifetime. I mean, they're, they're, they've really done a great job of, of getting their, their houses in order. And um, basically what they did last time to, to add ounces uh, during the during the last bull market, they did it not only at the wrong time at the top of the market, but uh, they accumulated expensive ounces at the top of a market mm -hmm. with dilution. 
So they've learned the sins of, uh, of their past. And now what they've done is um, they, they've, they've taken strategic, uh, 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 strategic positions in a lot of these companies. So when they take them out, they already own 10 to 20% of the company. And they've also, we've also seen a lot of cash deals. I mean, we, I didn't see very many cash deals at all during the last cycle that ended in 2011, 2012. So um, I, I think this M&A is going to start to heat up pretty soon. And once it does, that's, you know, and also M&A, I think it's going to heat up in, in the major sector. You know, Scotiabank come out, came out and put out a report talking about how the majors need to consolidate. Um, and I, I agree with that, you know, because to get the generalist investor involved in this sector, you know, the generalist investor has been out of this sector for, for over a decade. Um, so to get them interested in this sector again, you know, th these companies need to get bigger. They need to pay good. They need to pay nice dividends and they need to, they need to get the attention of the generalist investor. So all this needs to take place. And then, you know, it's going to start to filter down into, in, 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 you know, down the food chain into these, into these juniors, you know, because all these juniors do is they consume capital and they don't throw off any cash flow. So um, this this is this consolidation needs to happen, and I think it's going to the, the M and A space will start to 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 uh, heat up pretty soon. I, I do want to ask you. I got, I got two questions come back with you. The first one, well, excuse me. The second one, I'm going to ask you about the value trade with the miners. Let's mm -hmm. table that for now. But with this topic of M and A, um, you know, let's talk about the the risk appetite when it comes to increasing M&A for the majors? Because we just had a conversation about the inflationary pressures of getting these projects built. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm wondering, I'm just curious your thoughts. If you're in that boardroom with, you know, Barrick or Newmonts or Agnico, we've seen a couple stories, you know, like Barrick going back into Pakistan. Right. Uh, Newmont. Uh, rejuvenating the coffee project mm -hmm. up in Yukon. You know, these projects that kind of historical projects within their portfolio, give or take. So we've seen that action happen. Why would a company, those big guys, go in and acquire a late stage developer in this type of environment when we don't know if the costs are going to be higher one month from now? three months from now, three years from now, because we've already seen them rise 20% in the last six months. You know what I'm saying? So like, isn't that a big risk move to acquire something in an inflationary environment like that? It is. And that's, that, that, that is a great point. But, um, you know, like I said, they are going to need to replace these ounces and, uh, you know, these companies that are, that, that are de-risking these projects, they're, you know, that are doing it in top tier jurisdictions and there's, there's infrastructure already there. Um, I think that it's, it's going to be attractive to these companies and, and they already own a chunk of a lot of these. So when they do come in and, and take them out, it's not going to cost them as much since they already own uh, 10 to 20% of the company already. Um, so, you know, and, you know, they understand that they need to get bigger. They under, understand that they need to uh, attract you know, generalist investor attention, uh, because um, you know, if we take a look at at uh, the gold sector, how tiny it is. You know, it's if you take mm -hmm. the market cap of the entire sector, it's less than nine hundred billion dollars. 
which is nothing. So um, once the general, you know, the general investor has already come into the sector via, you know, your your Newmonts and your Barracks and your ETFs and some of the royalty plays like Franco Nevada and Royal Gold, but they've yet to come down the food chain. Um, and I, it's it's they need to attract attention. That's 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 the main thing. And to attract attention, um, M&A needs to take place. And we've already had proof that M&A puts in puts in bottoms in the sector. I mean, it happened when uh, Barrick took over uh, Rangold. That put in a bottom in the sector. And it just happened recently when Ignico took over Kirkland Lake. Um, that was that took place a week before the sector bottomed at the end at the end of Q3 in September of last year. Hmm. Oh, I hope that trend stays. If we do get M and A, I hope that trend uh, stays historical trend stays because that would be that certainly would be something. I you know, but again, risk appetite. Yeah. It's all what. It, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I would love to be the fly in the room, not necessarily be part of those discussions. <laughs> uh, hey, I do want to get some some thoughts before we let you go, David. On a few technicals. Listen, gold. Uh, we are about hundred hundred ten dollars away from those all time highs in gold, but yet it's pretty quiet. You know, I mean, it seems like only the gold bugs, people in the gold space, continue to talk about these moves. Generally. It's pretty subdued in the market. It's just quiet. It's like a quiet, quiet rise, which is nice. Uh, however, the big gold mining ETFs, the GDX, the GDXJ, uh, also having nice moves up, but technically getting pretty damn close to oversold. Overbought. Uh, or excuse me, overbought. My apologies. Um, <laughs> I do it all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know, let, let's take it here. First, your thoughts on the sentiment behind the metal, but also – you know, are we maybe due for a little bit of a corrective pullback, just given those technical fundamentals? Yes, absolutely. I'm I'm looking at the GDX chart right now, and it's uh, very close to 70 on the RSI uh, on, on its weekly chart. And that's generally where we start to see uh, some profit taking come in. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see when it when that happens. Uh, the GDXJ is still lagging on uh, the GDX. It is it, it is uh, around 60, 66 RSI, and um, it is yet to make a fifty two week high. You know, uh, GDX is trading at fifty two week highs, um, mm. and um, so it's going to be interesting to see once the GDX does start to see some profit taking, will some of that profit start to come down the food chain into the developers and uh, the the developer explorers. Which I think I think that will take place in some of the mid tiers also. Um, What's your sign? What's your sign? What do you want to see? Like if there's a, t- a technical sign that you want to see that makes you think that's actually the case. I want to see the GDXJ begin to outperform the GDX. Okay. And that we have yet to see that. Um, so uh, what you know? Because if you take a look at both both of their their charts, you know they're they're going up in stair step fashion. We haven't had these huge weekly moves. Um, we've just gone up, you know, in stair step fashion. But if you take a look, but if you take a look at at, at um, how they've gone up and how many days they've gone, how many weeks they've gone up in comparison to how many weeks they've gone down, um, you know, the, the, the GDXJ has gone up like something like uh, twelve of the past fourteen weeks. It's due to correct also, uh, and it's also done so on falling volume. That that's hmm. that's also something to point out. So if you take a look at GDX, the GDX rise has has gone up on 
on uh, uh, on on a lower vol on uh, on on low volume as well, but it hasn't been as falling as the GDXJ. So take a look at the volume. You know, we need we need to see some strong volume coming into these ETFs um, for 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 that um, for that rotation to come out of these majors and mid tiers and um, royalty and big play and, and large cap royalty companies down in into the juniors. All right, uh, David, let's leave it at that because it should be an interesting uh, week or two here in this space. I mean, given these technicals, but also the fundamentals behind the rising gold price and also volatility in the market. So uh, maybe a couple of weeks, you and I can uh, rejoin each other and, and get some more market commentary from you. Sure, I'd love to. All right. David Erfley from JuniorMinerJunkie.com. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for us today here on the pod. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the morning briefing. Well, everybody, the information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.